0: Hello everyone, it turns out that the Brentford game has not been recorded on my device yet So I will look at the unique circumstances that have led to Chelsea's 2-1 win over Leicester In this episode, I will look at what Chelsea have finally done well To take control of a game that they really weren't supposed to win And at the same time, we look at what Brendan Rodgers is continuing to try And revert back to what they do best Chelsea, who's 4-4-2 without Koulibaly, brought about some really interesting tactical shifts. In the first half, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, previously a right wing-back, now was officially a right-sided midfielder, thriving on the fact that Chelsea could attack at speed and Loftus-Cheek would be the one bombing late into the box. Now, this also owed to the fact that Chelsea's creative players were completely on the left. Mason Mount, in particular, shifted over to help Raheem Sterling and Kukorea continuously at least attempt crosses for Loftus-Cheek. Now, the Gallagher red card almost completely turned things around, firstly because it forced Ruben Loftus-Cheek narrow and essentially killed the game in the first half. So, without any particular events, when we went into the second half, Tukul took initiative, bringing on Aspili Queta. Again, this is not a new tactic, but it's usually designed to bring the best out of their wing backs, Kukorea and Reese James. Immediately after switching to a back five, Kukorea assisted the first goal, while Reese James eventually also bombed down the right side to assist the second. Raheem Sterling is certainly the beneficiary of all this simply because of his pace alone, but he did also continue to exhibit his trickery, but what's sustainable moving forward in terms of FPL is his relationship with Kukorea on the left side. Now it remains to be seen whether Tucker will continue to field Sterling on the left with Kukarea as left wing back. But the moment we see this pattern continue to emerge, Sterling and Kukorea finally become the essential assets of Chelsea. Reese James, a quick note on the former right centre-back turned right-winger. His bursts into the channels were sporadic simply because Chelsea now balanced their attacks between left wing and right wing. The unfortunate thing is that the connection that we hope to see between Kukurea and James wasn't apparent, partly because of the red card, but partly also because Chelsea don't sustain possession enough to completely pile on their opposition, even when they were 2-0 up. So... Moving forward, Reese James will sporadically get returns, but it's not the same as we expect of a 6 million defender. Brandon Rogers 4-5-1, I mean it, it's a 4-5-1 that was expected of a side who usually traveled away to a top 6 side, defending like hell, and hopefully coming up with a result. Now, this had a few technical changes. This 4 5 1 was brought about simply because number one, James Madison and wasn't available. Wilfred and Didi was benched. So Soamare came on, and the, their creativity largely relied on Harvey Barnes on the left, as well as Dewsbury Hall potentially linking up with him in left central midfield. Now, at the same time, what we saw was that Soamare, despite giving the ball, away early multiple times in the first half eventually stayed it himself but the key tactical change here was Rogers finally utilizing Iheanacho correctly for once now Nacho eventually came on in the second half and he didn't operate as a second striker next to Vadi, you know compared to game weeks one to three instead being alongside Vardy, Iheanacho largely operated between the lines. Now, when Iheanacho was the only forward alongside Vadi up front, he operated as a striker that dropped deep and he would burst forward himself. So he created a couple of chances in the second half, some for himself, some for Barnes. And what happened was that Rogers credited him this time recognized that when Chelsea switched to five at the back, the midfield was completely empty. With Jorginho alone, without almost anybody beside him because Loftus cheek remained high up as well as sterling, Rodgers brought Iozzi Perez into midfield just to overload that central area. And it was essentially 4v2 at times with Leicester's four midfielders completely crowding them out. And from there... Chelsea were retreating deeper and deeper and eventually Leicester took advantage of their extra men, bringing balls over the top for the likes of Vardy to have two extremely good chances late on. Now, moving forward, Nacho being a number 10 definitely will be extremely appealing for Leicester because it brings about Harvey Ban's potential, it creates chaos for Vardy and more importantly, Timothy Castan finally has a purpose going forward because he has multiple targets to aim at instead of just completely relying on their left flank. So, Lester can definitely remain on a watch list because through this chaotic loss, they at least have some diamonds in the rough. In conclusion, Chelsea went a man down and despite looking like they were supposed to lose, somehow came up with tactical tweaks in the second half to triumph over Leicester. Leicester themselves had chances. I think the Vardy and Ayosi Paris chances in the second half and an XG of more than 0.2 or something like that. But ultimately they couldn't finish even though they deserved the draw at the very least. And Rodgers has some note taking to do for upcoming games. Moving forward, Raheem Sterling is definitely an option if he continues to work on the left side with Kukorea. While for Leicester, Igea Nacho is probably the star that will spark Roger's comeback.